Welcome, welcome. We are back. Episode two of the podcast. We are still trying this thing out. Still uh, still figuring it all out. Still learning. Just back from 4th of July weekend. Chris, yes. how was yours? Yeah, you know, my weekend was really good. Um, what did I do? It's been so many... Um, weekends off that I've had during these um, this pandemic um but what I will say is that I was with my friend celebrating his birthday he had a, a huge house party in Bel Air um we were not uh, celebrating 4th of July we we're celebrating his birthday just want to make that right, clear Juneteenth. <laughs> but um it was a really great um really great energy really diverse really great diverse crowd saw a lot of good um friends family it was really good how about yours awesome awesome I was here in in the city in Harlem. Mm-hmm. Um, as we know, it's uh, a lot going on outside. So um, obviously, not too much going on in New York City, which was actually kind of good because right now New York is in the process of reopening, whereas a lot of places are are kind of having to slow things down. So um, it was cool, and because things are reopening, I did get a chance to visit a few uh, small businesses in the area. Um, some of them are starting to reopen again, so it was pretty dope. That's really good. So for our listeners out there that are listening right now, as you know, this is our week where we're discussing um, small black businesses to be um, to be very specific. Um, so this is what our topic of discussion will be going over today. So since the pandemic started in 2020, 41% of small black business ownership has declined in the U.S. However, at the same time, we are seeing so much more awareness and support for minority owned small businesses on a scale that has never been done before. We took this time to investigate why and what your business can do to capitalize on this opportunity. And if you or your other business owners are struggling to finding footing, what resources resources are out there to make it easier for you? So let's dive in. Our first discussion topic is why is the conversation happening all of a sudden? From my, off the top of my head, I would just say like 2020 has been a very telling year. Mm-hmm. And I think with the whole Black Lives Matter movement that's happening right now, I think that mm-hmm. just giving that, giving our dollars back to the black um, black businesses and who are for the black consumers, I think that's really why the conversation is happening. In addition to a few mm-hmm. other things I want to cover. But um, John, just wanted to know what are your thoughts? No, absolutely. I think it's interesting. So it's a conversation that I feel like has been had in the black community for a very long time, Mm -hmm. which is what is one of the most valuable resources or solutions to a lot of the issues that the black community faces. And a lot of times it's been generational wealth and ownership of property and businesses and things like that. So it's something we've been saying forever. And it's something that we've been saying is the hardest thing for us to do forever. And that um, because of, the place we're in with everything, I think it's finally at a point where a lot of these businesses are listening and a lot of these businesses are realizing, hey, I I can actually do something about this. Um, and it's it's not like, you know, it it's not out of my wheelhouse. So it makes sense for me. Why am I not, you know, investing mm-hmm. in these black businesses, which are usually nine times out of ten a customer or an associate or a supplier of mine. And so um, I think that's why it's finally getting to a point with that. They're realizing that, like, that's a value that they can they can. Mm-hmm add to. Mm-hmm. And I think in addition to that, I think, uh, you know, we've seen with the Black Lives Matter movement, we've seen a lot of protests as well. We've seen a lot of looting going on, too. And I think that's why so many people are putting more emphasis in um, like, don't loot the black businesses because those are businesses who are here for us. Mm-hmm. So not, and we're not we're not saying that, you know, you should be looting, you know, businesses that aren't, you know, <laughs> black owned businesses. <laughs> But we're just saying that there's just been more of a 
more of an awareness around what business is black owned and what business is for the local communities and which and which is just like not, you know? Definitely. Um, I also think that the perception um, of what the general market companies, um, I think the perception that the general market companies don't value the black life, you know? And I think we talked about that a little bit last week um, with, you know, Facebook and the hate speech that they're mm-hmm. um, that they're um, having right now. So little shameless plug, if you haven't, um, if you're if you're not up to date, make sure you check out our latest episode where we right. talked about- this Podcast um, number two. So go ahead and <laughs> jump in and, and listen to podcast number one. Exactly. But um, in the gist of what I was just saying, is that um, we? I really do feel like companies now are realizing that they need to make a more of a conscious effort into getting a, into like you know putting it's just making awareness known for like you know mm-hmm. diversity is like the black life. But that being said, a lot of com- a lot of consumers realize that hey, this company that I like or this company that I shop from frequently doesn't really say anything about diversity or doesn't have a really stance. It doesn't have a stance on the right, Black like Lives Matter movement. How, how have they given back? Like, I mean, I'm buying, spending hundreds and hundreds mm-hmm. of dollars on you every year. And like, what what are you doing for me? Like, this isn't a, a give and take relationship. It's not a two-way street. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's been one way this whole time. Exactly. And I think that that's something that is now being um, seen on more on a broader scale. Because it's always been something that we've known internally, just being in the Black culture. But it's not something that's really been talked about or discussed on a scale of what it is now. So I think that this is a this is another reason why the conversation is happening. Not all of a sudden, but on a scale that's more um, broad in awareness. Definitely. Like, I feel like we've always, like you said, we've always been saying it. But now, because of a, a combination of things that are going on from us finding out that when it comes to, like, the PPP loans mm-hmm. and everything else and coronavirus affecting our community more it's just like this this stack of things of this negative news it's like we're suffering and y'all aren't helping and finally with again covid happening at the same time and everybody having to sit still and 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 watch and listen because they have nowhere else to go they're finally oh yeah like black business like create black wealth like that's a great solution why did we Mm -hmm. think of this earlier which for us is like We've been here. <laughs> We've been saying it, but at We've the same time, it. it's definitely appreciated that's happening now. But it's 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 not new. At it's all. not new at all. Um, and you said something that was so important, and I just want to make sure that our listeners understand because we have the jargon. We're in this field a lot. So, mm-hmm. what does PPP? I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, so the PPP, the Payment Protection Plan, which is like the um, loan that the government gave out to a lot of small businesses. If you haven't. Um, looked into it, check out, check it out. I think they, the government has added money to it mm-hmm. um, since then. And the whole objective of it is to allow you to be able to afford to keep people on your payroll um, that you couldn't usually afford to so that you can spend that loan money on that and that whatever other savings or money you have, if you're not able to operate right now, you can use that money to make sure that your business gets to stay around, whether that's pay your rent or whatever it is. Um, and so that's what we're talking about is a lot of black owned businesses did not get that funding, um, did not get that type of loan, that type of funding for their businesses to stay open. And that's not uncommon either. When it comes to black businesses in general, they tend to get less loans and funding and financing from banks than others do. So it was just a kind of ripple effect of what's, what's already been happening. Got it. So segueing into our next topic of discussion, we're gonna get a little bit more factual on this. So according to eMarketer, 41% of total adults are more likely to support black owned businesses, whereas 11% are not. Now this almost supports our 
previous discussion earlier because we were talking about why the conversation is happening, mm. but now we're talking about why that a big chunk of the total market 41% of them are now more likely to support Black-owned businesses. And I think a lot of this is because we are sharing information on social media. Um, when I'm going on social media, I'm always seeing, um, uh, you know, Black-owned businesses. You know, I do, I'm mm-hmm. a little biased because I do follow, I do follow a lot of, right, we're um, kind of in our, our, our own tunnel. Yeah, our own you know? tunnel. Um, but with that being said, if you are, if you are, um, I'm not going to say it, <laughs> but if you are conscious, then you will <laughs> then you will know that you know that this is a conversation that's being happening more on a scale that has never happened before. And mm-hmm. I, you know, you're I'm seeing a lot of posts being shared, a lot of carousels being shared, a lot of just conversations and topics being around Black-owned businesses. And I think that's where this 41% is coming from because of that awareness. Absolutely. No, I and I think there is um, like a concerted effort amongst. I want to say most people, but uh, this country sometimes it's hard to, to, to say most people. There are a lot of people, particularly people in most of our circles, I think, um, that are, are white or non-minorities um, are making a conscious effort to learn more about a lot of things. And so I think maybe that's where that number is coming from, too, is because I'm assuming 41 percent of adults period is not mm-hmm. in the US, if this is a number specifically for the US, if it's a number specifically for the world as a whole, is not, the world is not 41% black. So therefore it's not. This is the US. It's not just black people. This has to be non-minorities as well as other um, non-black minorities because African-Americans make up what about 18, 13% mm-hmm. of the population. Um, so um, yeah, I think there's a concerted effort amongst a group of people that um, feel like we've been disenfranchised but may not be part of our group to listen a little bit more. Um, and so that's great because that's that's the thing a lot of black businesses have struggled with too, I think, is that like there's always been this, I don't want to be the black blank. Yeah. I don't want to be the black bank. I don't want to be the black mm-hmm. barbershop. I don't want to be the black restaurant. And getting out of the black bubble, so to mm-hmm. speak, has always been really difficult because people who are not black have to make a concerted effort to mm-hmm. invest their time and money in you. and a lot of times that's how they've seen you as the black thing. So mm-hmm. I don't I don't go there, not because I don't think they're good, but because that's that's a, a black restaurant. Um, and so now that this is happening in this conversation, like you said, is happening on social media, I think now they're seeing that and saying, oh, well, this is not just for, for them. And they want my support. They want my participation. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, you know, I when when possible, I definitely I'm making a more conscious effort to support black owned businesses. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, there was a time you know recently where I was just like all week I'm just shopping all black. I mean, right. there's been there's been a few um, days. I think we just had one recently. Um, yeah, I think it was on what was it the Tuesday seventh? this past Tuesday. Yeah, yeah there was this, this past Tuesday where we were um, where it was almost like you know we. We do we sh- um, black people. We just shop all black. We don't spend any dollars on Amazon. We don't spend any dollars on anything that's not black owned. There was also another blackout Tuesday if, um, last month um, where we yeah. um, where we basically held in solidarity, solidarity where we were not to shop. And you know you don't have to, but it's just basically being in solidarity. You know what right. I mean? Almost it's, like it's, a protest. It's kind of like Small Business Week at a grand scheme, which is like I think comes the week after or Small. Business Business Saturday, mm-hmm. which comes like the week after Black Friday, I think mm-hmm. it is. And obviously, I mean, you're probably going to go to a, a Walmart or somewhere. Mm-hmm. You might have to pick up something from a big chain, but it's that the focus is on that specific objective. So even if you don't 
buy everything black. You buy, even buying, being a person who's buying one product a day from a black business is a big deal in the grand scheme of things mm -hmm. because that's, that's still uncommon. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that in itself is still very beneficial to the overall business community. Moving into our next discussion topic, According to eMarketer, 58% of people are more conscious of where they spend their money in order to support more Black-owned business owners and creators. Now, I think this is a unique call-out because it basically goes hand-in-hand -hand with the, um, you know, people being more conscious and being and bring more awareness to now actually spending that money. So basically, this fact is saying that people are actually being more actionable and actually spending that money where to Black owners. Definitely, I think I think what both of these say, and, and maybe I think we talk about why they are. Um, so just to make sure we address how to capitalize on them, mm -hmm. we know how things go. Right. This is not going to last forever. So you got to use your 15 minutes of fame while you have the 15 minutes of fame. It sucks. Yes, people should be focusing on black-owned businesses all the time. But there's going to be something else that happens where the aliens come from the sky or I don't know what it is at this point, Yikes. guys, but um, <laughs> there's going to be a new focus. And as the world starts to get back to normal, knock on wood, if that's what happens next, people are going to want to get back to us as normal of a life as possible. And that means tuning out the negative information they're hearing now about a lot of the things that black people go through. So take advantage of what's happening now. Yes, it sounds like a bad thing that it's because of a bad reason that people had to die, that, that all this had to happen for this attention to be placed on you, but don't let that attention go to waste. I think that's 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 the biggest thing I take from, from all this information. Yeah, I agree too. I mean, unfor like, unfortunately, like, you know, this wasn't a conversation that was big, but I think that if we, as long as we continue to be more conscious about where we spend our money, I think that is something that needs to, that we just need to remember, but this is going to, this is going to fade away, you know, nobody like we're mm -hmm. not going like it's going to be a it's going to be a conversation that used to keep happening. Um, but it's going to be there's always going to be something that's going to be coming down the pipeline. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a fad for some people. Yeah. Uh, being being woke is a fad right now mm -hmm. for some people. And yeah. so, um, yeah, those are not necessarily the best people in the world. But at the same time, if they're spending their money, take take their money, take that take advantage of it. <laughs> take advantage of it for sure. Awesome. Awesome. So as we move forward, we want to get into our next section of the topic and really narrow it down to the digital side of everything going on right now. And so with that, we want to talk about the digital divide. The digital divide we are seeing show up when it comes to education isn't the only place where minorities are being left behind. Less than 50% of minority-owned businesses currently have a website, and only half of them say it's useful and kept up to date. As the world begins to rely more and more heavily on digital this year, how can we ensure that all businesses take advantage of this? So, Chris, I think this is something that I think our whole channel, to a certain extent, exists to address. It's, it's what digital decode is all about to a certain extent. It's decoding digital so that the digital divide can be closed in what we've seen for years in our industry, which is that a lot of black and minority owned businesses aren't 
as digitally savvy, as digitally mature as other businesses are, is going to be a huge, huge, huge weakness. Now in the year of COVID, things have changed so much. They're talking about Black Friday not being a thing anymore. They're talking about people shopping 80% online this mm -hmm. year compared to normal. Like that was supposed to be a slow transition. Mm -hmm. That was supposed to happen in like 2030, 2040. They were gonna be like, oh wow, online shopping has trumped in-store retail. That is a requirement now. And so with that, if black businesses don't take advantage of that, we're going to see them lose out a lot. And with 50% 50, 50 not being online, there is a huge opportunity for that to take place. And so what we want to talk about is some of the ways they can they can help out. But what what's your take on everything? Yeah, I definitely think that you're completely right. I mean, I, I think I think where a lot of black owned businesses where they kind of struggle at, especially the ones who are like, you know, the restaurants or the ones mm -hmm. that are, you know, you know, like the mechanic, like the the mechanics, the shops, like mm -hmm. I feel like those are those are small businesses that kind of will take a hit if you don't have a heavy presence online. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't have that, then people won't know how to get to you. They won't know how to contact you. Mm -hmm. they, and those are those those are like almost like the basic fundamentals, right? To ensure that you know that you are relevant within the marketplace. Yeah, there used to be things like you could set up a mechanic shop at I don't know a specific spot on the street, and you set it up at that part spot on the street because it was a spot that was convenient mm -hmm. for somebody who was just driving by saw your sign and decided to come in. People aren't driving like that anymore. I'm I'm working from home for guaranteed the rest of the Are you working year. from home? <laughs> yeah. Well, bless your heart. No, I'm just joking. I'm working from home for the, when, when I'm working, I'm working from home for, for the rest of the year. So I'm yeah. not on the road just, just driving around. I'm not buying stuff at retail stores mm -hmm. anymore. So I'm not just driving from Best Buy or Walmart or things like that. I'm buying it all online. I'm buying it on Amazon. So when I have an issue with my car, I'm getting online to find that a problem. Right. When I'm hungry for some type of food that I don't know a restaurant in my local area that I can walk to, I'm getting online to find that solution. And so if you're not there, you're you're not you're not being able to take advantage of that. Billboards are not gonna help they're you. They're not, right? they're not. And it's actually pretty it's it's actually kind of irrelevant to be posting on billboards or if you have a billboard because nobody's gonna see that to the magnitude where they saw you before. Right, like yeah, all that traffic commutes. Mm -hmm. That's this this it's gone for the time being and that's gonna eventually come back, but like not anytime soon. It doesn't mean that you'll be there when it does. Right. I agree. Absolutely. So one of the things we wanna talk about first is that the whole basis of being digital really revolves around one thing. As much as everything has gotten more and more advanced, there's usually still one core facet that every business needs, one core bedrock principle um, that a lot of businesses need, and that is a website. You need to have some sort of web presence. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things I did find is that while less than 50% of, of minority-owned businesses don't have a website, I think slightly more than 50 of them have a presence when you include um, like a Facebook page, but it's not the same, mm -hmm. unfortunately. And I think a lot of people have used it as the same for a time being, and mm -hmm. there was a time where it was valuable, and that's when Facebook's social platform in that way was valuable. But Facebook's really all about the feed now. Mm -hmm. People don't go visit business pages and company pages like they used to. Um, and so you have to build that presence outside mm -hmm. of that. Um, and the second part of that is, is just as important. Have a website and make it useful. Have a website and make it useful. Have it provide some sort of value. Even if that value is just directions on how to get there. Um, even if you just have some sort of link to Google Maps, they click it and it takes them to there if you're like a mechanic shop. Um, and the reason I say that um, is because 
people will use your website and if they find use in it, then they'll come back to it. Um, perfect example. Bevel yes. is a company created by Tristan Walker back in 2014. Mm -hmm. It's an online um, brand. Really all they started off with was selling razors. Um, just razors, shaving cream, and maybe like a face lotion. I think that was all they had. And I remember buying it back then in college. Um, I just joined the military in 2013, was having to shave my face on a regular basis, breaking out all the time, heard about, hey, there's this black razor company you can buy, Bevel. Um, ordered them, they were a subscription service, went on, on their website. And one of the huge benefits there too was not only do they, um, of course, sell their products, but they also tell you how to shave. And as a black man, that's something that you have to do in a very distinct way. And the razors that they provide you are, they're what's called straight razors, flat razors. So they're not like the traditional Gillette, where you can just do whatever Slice you want to just, on you know, your face. No, yeah. you have to cut very specifically, or mm -hmm. you will, one, cut yourself, and two, you won't be cutting right. But they teach you how to shave in a way to prevent shaving bumps. And I was like, oh, that's like super valuable. So every time I recommended the razor to someone, one, the only place they could buy it at the time was at bevel.com. And two, I'm gonna show you how to, bevel.com is also gonna show you how to use it. Bevel.com now is a $40 million business. Wow. They just sold themselves to Procter & Gamble. Mm -hmm. um, and they did that by creating value. They are the like definition of a successful black e-commerce company. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not the, I'm not the demo for that one. I don't have faith facial hair, <laughs> but um, it's great hearing that story because I had no idea about about the about the brand. Um, but that just goes to show you, you know, what I mean, like you're you're that target audience for that. Right, and that's exactly the thing too. It's like once you you don't, it doesn't have to be a website that everybody goes to. Mm -hmm. Don't don't build a website for everybody. Build a website for the people um, who need it. Like, so one of the next things, and this is something um, I know that you can definitely um, speak a lot to. Um, from a social media perspective is that after you have that website, the next thing you really need to build is out a social media presence. Definitely. And um, in order to build that social media presence, um, build that social media presence and find those raving fans that are going to support you. So this is still, you know, in the, the free phases, but you're trying to, you know, build out that social media presence and find those people who are really obsessed with your brand and then have them be evangelists and brand ambassadors for us. Chris, uh, if you want to talk just a little bit more about what that looks like and what they should really focus on when building that that presence. Yeah, when you're building a social media presence, it's very important to just very be very true to who your audience is. And I know we talk about this very often, but it's, it's very specific. To, it's very important to stay to your audience because your audience is going to be the ones who are going to carry you over to keep your brand um, moving forward. Also use imagery that's not so confusing mm -hmm. or that's not so um heavy with text just use like very visual creative to pop out and stand out and if you can get sponsorships or anybody to um share your products with other people i think that would be really great to make sure that you have a strong media presence um and so one of the examples we have there we kind of talked about it in our last episode very briefly is uh slutty vegan based out of atlanta um, slutty vegan slutty vegan such a name right yes it's such a name and if you actually look at the name of some of their burgers and things it's it doesn't get any better, I'll just put it that way. Um, but um, definitely a brand that has a super strong social media presence, started out as a food truck um, back in the, um, I wanna say five, six years ago. Mm -hmm. um, now they have three different restaurants. Went through a similar situation where they had a very strong social media presence. A strong enough social media presence to make a stance. They made a stance around Black Lives Matter. Not everybody was a fan. Um, they were inundated with negative reviews because they made a stance 
um, for Black Lives Matter um, and around how they felt about serving police officers um, and got inundated with one-star reviews. But because they had such a strong, raving, passionate fan base, they were immediately uh, lifted back up by their supporters with positive reviews and positive support um, and have had really no issues financially from it. Um, and so that's that's really like the definition of like raving fans. Yeah, no, I think that's that what, what they did, like the whole social presence behind that, it really did. Would you say like that supported them or like that didn't really? No, I think it definitely did. I think their social presence um, definitely supported them. I think it was something that people who had been fans of them prior were used to. I don't think mm-hmm. they were ever, um, for what I've seen, because I do follow them, wherever a brand that was shy about being letting its opinions be known. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that fit with the brand. And I think that's kind of, uh, I, would I see what assume you're what you would say important too, is that always you, your social media presence should fit your brand at the same time. Don't do things that, that don't fit with your brand. Um, but for them, it fit. And so ultimately, um, those that were fans uh, just didn't didn't it didn't transfer yeah yeah I hear you I hear you lastly um, just after that that's really when you get into the phase of considering paid promotion uh, this is pretty straightforward wait till you have a wait till you need to get to paid promotion before you really start to focus a lot of your money in paid promotion obviously both of us work in advertising obviously both of us love using people's money to advertise, not, you know, not without getting them customers, but we know the benefits of advertising, but we also know that it's not cheap. Mm -hmm. Um, And that, you know, spending a few dollars here and there is usually not gonna be enough to really grow your business presence the way you want to. So just like, uh, be cognizant of that. And when you feel like you are constrained to the point where you need more, or you're willing to take on more, that's really at the point where you can say, I, I'm ready to, to start paying for advertising. Yeah, and I think that, I think it's very important for advertisers to start, you know, investing in their, uh, excuse me, start investing in their content because that will be, you're gonna be reaching a broader audience outside of your core network. So to that point, you know, like say if I have like a million followers, if I pay, if I start paying for mm-hmm. my ads to be seen um, outside of my own network, that's going to be, um, more follow, more, that's going to be more followers, more engagement, more of a reach. And I'll be able to scale my audience more because I have that paid promotion behind my ads. Definitely. Definitely. Um, absolutely. So with that, we want to provide a few more resources that are super beneficial to you right now. Um, one of those is the Google Black Business Fund mm-hmm. that started they are giving out $5 million to eligible businesses, I think at a maximum of a $100,000 grant um, to small businesses all across the country to fund their businesses and continue to help them grow through the pandemic. They recently also started a three-month accelerator um, for Black-owned businesses. I do think applications for that have closed for the next three months, but definitely be on the lookout for that. And that is really Google providing its resources, its executives, its network, its venture capitalists, all that together into um, an opportunity for those that are in the tech and startup sphere to be able to grow their businesses too. So definitely something to look out there. Um, We didn't want to leave those restaurants out. We know that we feel like a lot of times we're talking about, oh, this tech company or this Mm e-commerce company. Or a beauty brand. Right, or a beauty brand. But uh, restaurants are just as important and digital presences are just Mm -hmm. as important. So we love 
our restaurant decoders too and discover um has launched a black restaurant small business fund also with a maximum of a hundred thousand dollar grants um a five million dollar fund for it it's called eat it forward um make sure to check that out a lot of states and cities are having their own small business grant programs right now so make sure to check those out um new york included atlanta included la included um we'll leave those various links to the website on our youtube page um you to be able to check those out and then finally one of the things we want to announce right here live and in effect is a, a decode new, exclusive is a new series we're going to be bringing to you called success metrics and it is all about you talking to us we want you to be able to express your issues your problems that you're facing as an individual business and we are giving out our advice and suggestions to you absolutely free free ski yes free 99 um we the the point behind digital um our digital um success metrics is because we definitely want to have like that more those transparent conversations that to talk about how your business became successful for you and what steps you took and what metrics you use to measure success absolutely absolutely and then we know that those skills a lot of times are transferable so we'll mm-hmm. talk be talking to restaurants we'll be talking to beauty salons, barbershops, businesses that we don't even know exist, right? Realtors, Um, all of it. And we've had people reach out to us already. No, we're listening. No, we're expecting to reach back out to you. And we want you on the show. Like this is for everybody and anybody, no matter what stage the business is in, whether it is succeeding or failing right now, um, we are going to be looking out for you. So look out for that. It's coming to you soon. And uh, yeah, so let's recap. Our recap will be um, just we want to just do a quick recap to so that our listeners on um, what you guys got from this. So we discussed um, why is the conversation happening now as far as supporting black owned businesses. Mm-hmm. We've also talked about what steps you can take to capitalize on this opportunity so that you can um, as a consumer, you know what you should do. And as a business, as a small black business owner, you know what you can do to start getting, you know, reap some of the benefits. And we also talked about the resources that you that are out there right now to support your black owned business, which is what something that John had went over um, just about a few moments ago. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, we definitely appreciate it. Um, small businesses is the lifeblood of Digital Decode. Yes. Um, so we wanted to have a whole week focused on you and promoting you. Um, and with that, we love you, we care for you, uh, stay safe. Uh, and we will see you in the next one. Deuces. Peace. We love you. (laughs)